What is it, Alleluia? Let me guess, you're angry with me too? You've been through a lot, so I wouldn't blame you one bit. I'm sorry for being such a lousy tactical forecaster. Uh, are you drunk? Is that a problem? Maybe you should think about taking it easy. No way. This is the only thing that makes me want to keep on living. Listen, if you don't have anything- I have a proposal for a mission plan I want to run by you and Veda. A mission plan? Yes, it's an armed intervention mission against an institute that promotes war. This institute is a very important place from my past. I've collected detailed data on it. Please take a look at it when you're sober. Excuse me. Huh. Human Reform League Super Soldier Special Duty. It is true. I'm gonna win this nightmare once and for all. And this time, it'll be my will. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that's given Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. I'm the world's foremost researcher in immutable photons. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. Today we are watching episode 11 of Gundam Double O. Hallelujah. I just keep wanting to sing hallelujah and like I don't actually know the words of that song. Uh, something something secret chord something something please the lord. Yeah that sounds about right I'll buy that. The fourth, the fifth, the minor lift. Um, I don't know enough about music instruction to fake my way through that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gundam Double O, if you're not familiar, has too many characters. This week, Hallelujah will feature prominently. Also, Hallelujah, Hallelujah's evil, I was going to say twin brother, but alternate <laughs> personality, whose hair is on the other side of his face. <laughs> For quick reference. Yeah, I was going to say it's just like a visual, like... Um, I'm trying to come up with like a, a catchy rhyme for knowing which one you want to deal with. Hair on the right, everything's all right because that just rhymes with right again. <laughs> That's not um, right and right don't rhyme; they're the same word. <laughs> that is literally my uh, that that will make me dislike a song faster than anything else in the world. Is if you rhyme a word with the same fucking word. To be fair, all right and right are technically yeah. two different words. And get the fuck out of here! <laughs> with that nonsense, you monster. <laughs> you know that's not true. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. In my heart, they are not different words. Hair on the right, everything's fine. Hair on the left, and... On your soul, he'll die. <laughs> Perfect. We did it in one. <laughs> um, yeah, there are four Gundam boys. One of them's Hallelujah. He's got a split personality. Still, somehow, not the most insane of the pilots. Or actually, I wanted to do this at the end of the last episode and forgot, so let's do it real quick. Tyler. Gundam Meister Sanity Check. Order from most to least sane. Most to least. Um, I am currently going to say most sane appears to be Lock-On. He hates terrorists and has a Gundam with a long-range sniper rifle. He's also the oldest. 
followed, I think, actually by Setsuna right now. He's got some shit, but he's not, like, insane. A former child soldier who is clearly working through a lot of PTSD and has a sword Gundam thinks he is a Gundam. <laughs> then I think Tiaria. An asshole. Yeah, just is an asshole. Uh, that doesn't make one crazy. He has a really bad superiority complex, though. Also seems or, to worship a supercomputer. Yeah, also that. Um, he's he's a uh, adherent to the Vedic religions. Um, I totally just heard a dude in Sierra's voice going, By Veda! <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Alleluia. All right, fair enough. Alleluia is the most obviously insane right now. On account of he has a split personality? Yes. And that personality's main goal is to murder everyone who is not him in the name of Alleluia. What's wrong with that? Uh, murder. <laughs> I was going to say there are a couple things we could enumerate. Um, also, the fact that he seems to take sadistic pleasure in it. Also, there's Sumeragi, their mom slash boss, who swore she'd never make another mistake and made a mistake last week that almost got Alleluia captured and made Tiaria reveal that he had a, a Gundam in his Gundam. <laughs> I really feel like I should make a uh, you got some Gundam in my Gundam joke. Um, I feel like we need to explain to Sumeragi how mistakes work. Well, she should have all the information in the universe because she's got a supercomputer at her disposal. A psychic supercomputer. Also, there's Saji Crossroad and Luis. They're in this. <laughs> they're they're here mom. for some reason. <laughs> there's Danny Eifman and Billy Kataragi and Howard Mason and Daryl Dodge and Graham Aker. Yes, I couldn't figure out Graham Aker's name and was trying to that entire time. And the character who we <laughs> forgot to name drop in last episode. Kinue Crossroads. She didn't show up last episode. No, she didn't, but she is in this series. Yes, Kinue. She is Saji's <laughs> sister, who is a reporter trying to find out about Aeolia Shehenberg, an old man who died 200 years ago and claims to have created Celestial Being. Also, there's Soma Pierce and her dad, Sergei Smirnov. They went on a Gundam fishing trip last week. It didn't go <laughs> great for them. Lieutenant Ming fell in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and was eaten by the fish. I was going to say got torn apart by Gundam sharks, and I feel like that would exist in the world of G Gundam. Yeah, that's why you can't fight in the ocean. The Gundam sharks will get you. <laughs> no, I feel like the oceans of Gundam are just full of Pisces and Cancer. Oh, that's fair. And those are basically harmless fish, so. But there is one Zomzaza, the Alpha Predator. <laughs> Man, I feel like I'm terrible at recapping this show. I know Gundam seemed like the back of my hand. I had it down. There were three boys. An extra boy makes this too hard. <laughs> too many boys. I was gonna they say just have so many freaking characters that aren't connected to each other. Yeah, so did Gundam Seed, but I didn't feel the need to bring up Millie every episode or Cuzzy. Remember Cuzzy? Who's do. the Cuzzy of Gundam Devil O? Um, I feel like it's one of the guys on the dude on the names. right. Yeah, dude on the right. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah. Classy. <laughs> yep, he got sought down by Christina. So, our right or their right? Uh, bridge I was right. thinking they're right. The guy okay, that got so shot is, down okay, by so Christina. Am so am I. We're all on yep. the same page. And just, I realize I'm thinking bridge right. That's probably weird. They probably mean right as we see them because we always see them from up. But no, we're all agreeing. The guy <laughs> yep. who was on the left physically to us. <laughs> yeah, bridge right. Yeah. And it was like, Christina, you're hot. Go get food. And she's like, too bad. I like Alleluia. And he's like, yes, that is too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his character arc. <laughs> all right. We are watching episode 11. Alleluia. You can watch along if you like on Crunchyroll or Hulu. And I think this one's pretty good, too. I agree. We start at Union Anti-Gundam Investigative Task Force. They still haven't come up with a good name. It's the UAGIFT. Oh, I have figured out three flag fighters is definitely the three in our 12 days of Gundam Devil O. <laughs> I, I had through five. I don't remember what five was. 
that was definitely four Gundam Meisters, three Flag Fighters, two Super Soldiers, and a Bloodthirsty Mercenary. <laughs> I'm trying to think what 12 is. I feel like... No, I could not get to 12. 12 armed interventions. 12 council members. There aren't, though. Nah, I know. I don't know how many there are. Maybe six? I think there are six. Six council goons. Uh, so, the Flag Fighters are like, hey, is it true that the Human Reform League fought the Gundams? And Graham's like, yeah, I got their asses kicked. Over 20 Tierrans were badly damaged. Okay, uh, the black guy's Daryl, right? That's yes. his name? Yeah, he gets some rad facial expressions for being a random side character leaning on a wall in this scene. Meanwhile, Danny and Billy are talking some about awesome special... awesome science babble. Diversely mutable photons, which I feel just describe regular photons, but... And they're creating these special proto- these special particles in their engines. Which doesn't really tell us anything new. I mean, it doesn't, it kind of reiterates it for us, but like their engines are the source of the particles. It's not like they charge up somewhere. And it kind of lets us know that Danny here is starting to put the pieces together of how they work. I love the idea of calling this old tenured professor Danny. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's been the joke the entire time. But just in case listeners aren't watching Gundam 00 and never had, he is like, imagine Dumbledore. <laughs> That's who Daniel Eichmann is. <laughs> and they're like, ah, to think Aeolia Schehenberg found this particle 200 years ago and set this plan in motion. And Billy's like, why would a man like that have a goal as unrealistic as the eradication of war? Eichmann is like, space, the final frontier. <laughs> he's warning us not to war there like we ruin everything else. Really, he's, he was a al- space alien, and he was a get-off-my-lawn-with-your-war kids. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this later, so stop warring with each other. Is this a better cold open than, than Saji and Louis? Uh, hmm, that's a really good, because we're not going to see any of these people again this episode. Yes, because I think it actually has something to do with the plot, or at least ties back to what's happening. Eifman figuring out the Gundams is a t- point of tension, yeah. even if a very small, simmering one. Yeah, I mean, that... I, if I was, like, watching these all back-to-back, the cold open for Saji and Louise would work as, like, a uh, comedic relief beat in between that p- fairly dramatic moment there. But just on its own, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Because it's like, yes, yeah, here's a comedic moment to open this, open the episode, and now serious business. Okay, so this is a legit question. Which of the Gundamisers do you think has the best fashion sense? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> that's fair i was gonna say because it's definitely not lock on <laughs> really i was gonna say it was lock on uh, uh that vest with that shirt are you uh, what's wrong with the vest uh it's just uh, a vest is fine it's that vest it's that vest with that shirt specifically <laughs> they're like contrasting colors they're like it's a what's fuzzy the... vest can uh, i pick lick point <laughs> Can I pick uh, Christina? Because it's obviously Christina. Yeah, that's fair. She buys um, all their outfits. <laughs> that would actually explain a great deal. It Except- would, yeah. And that's also why... T- uh, God damn it. That's why Alleluia is in that skin-tight shirt all the time. Yep. Because <laughs> she's like, mm, come to mommy. <laughs> Except for Sumeragi. I feel like Sumeragi does her own shopping. Mostly I was looking at Tiaria's, like, pink sweater. And, like, what what is going on here? So we have our fleet of Haros fixing the Ptolemaeus. Haros in Mecca. They are in maintenance Mecca. It's amazing. How many Haros do they have? Where do they keep all of them? On the ship. In the Haratorium. <laughs> what do you call a, a uh, group of Haros like this? 
oh, why, why is it different than a regular group of horrors? Because I'm no, pretty... well, do you know what the, the, the specific terminology for them are? Yeah, for yeah. for a group of horrors, yes, that's a misfortune of horrors. We already decided this. This is a running joke on our podcast. <laughs> I thought it was an annoyance. Like there are multiple words for a group of crows. They could be a murder. Uh, they could be a conference. Um, those are literally the only two. A third thing. Um, <laughs> you should have just made one up. I know. I was going to. A, a Congress. Com- so, Tiaria, while over the maintenance, is going over how badly they failed last week. Kyrios was nearly captured. Natalie was revealed to the enemy. And he's like, Sumeragi, take responsibility. As commander of the operation, it's your fault. It can't possibly be my fault in any way, shape, or form. I love how, like, she just looks exasperated with this whole thing. Well, she's always acting cool in front of all of them and, like, she doesn't care, as Lockon has pointed out many times. And she's like, I'm only human. I'm not dancer. And Tiara's like, that's no excuse. And Lockon's like, yeah, you're the one who showed him Natalie. And, he, and Kigara's like, that stings me like a motherfucker. Why would you go there? <laughs> He's like, if I, if I hadn't, I would have been captured. And so Lockon's like, yeah, well, it's partially your fault, too. So yeah. I was going to say, Lockon's like, sucks to suck. That's what my horror always says. Lockon's like, being an adult is about understanding that responsibility and blame are not the same thing. And you have responsibility. We're lucky you're just still alive. And I'm a mature adult as opposed to your teenage angst-ridden ass. He's like, from now on, I'm giving Vader's commands top priority. (laughs) Away. And Christina's like, what an asshole trying to dress you down in front of all of us like this is grade school or something. You're the teacher, not him. Lockett's like, ah, (laughs) I think it's cute that he's uptight. Obviously, he's taking out his anger at himself on other people. And that's what he's been doing all along. Cut to Alleluia flashing back in his room that has its specific gravity turned on. And he's like, yep, that woman's just like me. Pink mobile suit and all. <laughs> Murderous secondary personality. They're not still continuing those experiments, are they? Flashback. The accursed project. Cut to a Human Reform League satellite, where we hear that the data on the winged one, the images of their battleship, and of the big one purging its armor, are not sufficient for the cost of the operation. And Sergei Smirnov is like, I am also an adult. I will take full responsibility. I am ready for discipline. I have no excuses. And like anybody who is in a competent leadership position, when he's ready to be punished, they're like, you're not being fired and we will not accept your resignation. Your punishment is you must continue the job. (laughs) Your punishment is you have to actually finish this. I mean, technically they did fail, but they did get closer than anybody else has ever gotten to actually overcoming and beating a Gundam. And clearly you're still the most competent person in our military. It was not you, it was, they were literally better than we had even expected them to be. And he's like, with all due respect, sir, pretty sure they have some other tricks. You know, so they, at the end of the season, if they need to sell more toys, they can pull them out. <laughs> Who knows, maybe the uh, the sword-wielding one has a chibi version that pops out if it needs it. No, I'm just imagining Spaceballs, the part where they uh, rent Spaceballs the movie to watch it, but instead they buy the model kits of the Gundam <laughs> so they read their capabilities. Okay, Shariar has a virtue, right, in Build Fighters? I believe it is the upgraded virtue, the next mobile suit that okay. um, Tiario will have, but I don't remember for sure, but yes. Uh, mostly I was wondering if it had the Nautilus inside. I think Shariar has too good a taste for that, <laughs> but I certainly can't rule it out. I mean, I guess it already transforms into the Ptolemaeus yeah. also, so that might be, like, just too I, many things. I think he went the reverse direction with it. He's like, oh, it has a Gundam in it, but what if I had a Gundam external to it? Sergey's <laughs> like, anyway, cost of future capture missions could get extremely expensive. And they're like, we're aware of that, so we're having secret talks with the Union. 
That way we can combine both of our Gundam Capture Task Forces and share the monetary cost. Share the burden. Sorry, I just thought of an amazing joke. Someone should remind me that I have an amazing joke during the Kinaway scene. I also have a good one during the Kinaway scene. <laughs> Cut to the second lieutenant, which is Soma Pierce, watching her towsy being repaired when someone comes up to her and is like, hey, be sure to avenge Lieutenant Ming. All of our comrades. Easy way to tell that she that Soma is the main character in this military because her helmet shows her face. And she's like, I will carry out my mission the best I can. That is the only reason I am allowed to exist. <laughs> and her compatriot doesn't respond to that. How do you respond to that? <laughs> I feel like a pat on the shoulder, maybe. <laughs> I think that's the correct thing to do, but I think only uh, Smirnov is the only person willing to treat her human enough to do that, and everyone else is afraid they would lose the hand. <laughs> <laughs> when she is not, like, violent at all, except for when her quantum brainwaves are messed with. Cut to asshole scientist listening to the recording of the Tauti of Hallelujah yelling about his pain. Wish Jordy LaForge. And he's like, oh yeah, he must be affected by the quantum brainwave, which means he's probably one of these people that we messed with. And then he does math, question mark, to find out that it's subject 57. I feel like he just went through like a control find for something, but I have no idea what it is he found. It's like, anyway, number 57 had his quantum brainwaves messed with, grew a new personality that had ferocious tendencies, and then we disposed of him. That's bad. I think it's a matter of uh, the fact that the, he had the other clip from when Hallelujah or Hallelujah was uh, ranting and raving and all that. That's why he was able to narrow it down to do a voice match. Well, not a not necessarily a voice match, but him going from you know just stay away to I'm going to murder you because I want to. Smirnov calls him. He's like, "Hey, did you find out anything big?" And he's like, "Um, no, definitely not. Nothing. It's too bad." And Sergei comes back with, I think the Gundam and the and uh, so my much. daughter are the same <laughs> are the same thing, and both have quantum brainwaves. The Gundam pilot, he is not Setsuda. Yes, and he's like, oh well, I don't know what other nations might have done with quantum brainwaves. They might give them solace or something. And Sergei's like, that would be a pretty bad world if that were true. And he's like, yes, that's definitely what I believe, Colonel. That's why I'm part of this secret science club to make sure they're all on the straight and narrow. Cut back to the Ptolemaeus, where Alleluia is in the brooding room, but he's solo brooding, unlike Flay, or Flay, <laughs> unlike Felt, Felt and Lock-on Lock on were earlier. And he's like, man, should I report this? Or And Hallelujah's like, there's only one thing to do. And there is some pretty nice imagery of Hallelujah behind him. He's like, since that lab still exists and is still pumping out super soldiers like us, it's promoting war. And what does Celestial Being do? We destroy, destroy war things. Hallelujah is clearly torn on this whole thing because he doesn't want to kill people like him. Hallelujah's like, ah, oh, is kind-hearted Hallelujah too good for this work? Then hand your body to me and I will do it. Just like that time. And then Hallelujah has a flashback to that time. And uh, like the way he responds after this, it almost seems like Hallelujah forced him to flash back to this. I don't necessarily think that's true, but maybe. This is actually a scene we've already seen. Hallelujah also flashed back to this when he was talking about drifting in space. We've seen not this whole scene, but we've seen the I, we've seen the kid up against the wall before, and the I don't want to die. Yeah, this is now like an extended version. But before it seemed like Alleluia was the one screaming that he wouldn't want to die. But mm-hmm. here we see Alleluia is tormenting the person, be like, "No, you're gonna die." Also, my name is what? My name is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna do the exact same joke. It just took me a moment. So Alleluia is like, "We we don't have to kill him. We could take him into custody." 
As soon as he said that, my first thought was, and store them where exactly? With the Haro fleet. <laughs> yeah, the Haro daycare. Give them the Chun-Li. She needs some kids, right? <laughs> the Chun-Li orphanage. Hallelujah comes back with, um, you know better than anybody that they would just have a fucked up battle life. Isn't that right, Mr. Pilot? And he's like, no, I'm only here because, and he's like, because you're only capable of fighting, you monster. This is our destiny. And he's like, no, I'm, and then sets in his there. <laughs> being like, bro, you okay? I know crazy when I see crazy. <laughs> and Setsuna literally asks if he's all, if something's wrong. The most concerned Setsuna has ever shown for another human being. <laughs> so you know that this is. Something is seriously <laughs> wrong here. I have the immediate thought, because right after this, Aulia uh, will say, you know, no, nothing at all. My The thing that I immediately put in there was Setsuna being like, dude, I've been standing here for 15 minutes. <laughs> I've heard everything. Yeah, so Ella is like, how much should he see? And Setsuna is like, enough. <laughs> but Setsuna knows that you can't push things like this. And also, he's definitely not the celestial being psychologist. So he walks away. Oh, man. what, what a, How bad a job would that be to be celestial being psychiatrist? Why don't they have one? They probably did. And then he was like, dude, you expect me to fix this? Oh, Alia Shamrock no. was one of those feelings aren't important, actions that matter sorts of assholes. Cut to Azetistan. Hey, we didn't mention Marina Ishmael. Uh, she's the princess of Azetistan. This is the scene that I thought was in the previous episode, actually. She is in a conference with Alejandra Corner being like, hey, thanks for coming to help. And they're like, hey, you have to protect our engineers or we'll pull out. With a... Uh, Saren standing against the back wall. Sharon? Sharon. Sharon. That's like Sharon. Just with an Ed in front of it? Yes. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about Castle on the Hill. Is that even the name of that song? I, I have know. no idea. So Corner's like, Princess, why don't you visit the construction site as a PR thing? And Sharon's like, so she can get assassinated? Wow, you have an immense amount of faith in your countrymen, don't you, Sharon? Uh, I assumed that she uh, thought that Alejandro was setting up an assassination. Because then she proceeds to press him on what his motivation is. You know what I wish? I wish we had seen Marina go to Alejandro Corner and say, hey, can you come? And him say yes. So it feels like Marina has done something in this series and accomplished a thing. As opposed to him, like her basically not doing anything and then him being like, yeah, sure, I'll show up and do something. Because I want to at least reward your best effort. (laughs) Anyway, Sharon is like, I don't trust you, Alejandro Corner. You're rich. And no one can trust them. Why did you come help us? And he's like, well, you asked for it. And we want to make a model case out of Azetistan. We think- I mean, it would be even better if, like you said, if Marina had talked to him at one point. Yep. And then had specifically asked for his help. And he said yes. Yeah. That's what made me think of it. Anyway, he's like, the Middle East is full of petty conflicts and celestial beings are going to come fuck you all up. And I figured it would be cheaper to try to head those conflicts up at the past than rebuild the entire Middle East. Whether or not that's what he actually believes is an entirely different matter. But it's a decent argument, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 got some merit to it, because it's like, yeah, well, it's going to be cheaper to do it now. But the Marina is like, can you swear by your heathen gods that that is true? He's like, yes, I'd swear by your heathen gods that that's true. Man, is that the easiest oath to make? <laughs> well, you swear by your god. Well, given I don't have one. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> easy, actually. He believes in Veda. I believe in... I I, I, I will swear by me. <laughs> Cut the whiskey. Uh, yeah, okay. So I love the label on this. So Weatherall is not a real brand. I looked it up. Um, well, 
Evangelion got in trouble for the free advertising they gave that brand that one time. So <laughs> I do like, what does it actually say? It's like the most complex flavor of scotch available or something. Malt whiskey, five. 25. It's 25 years aged, okay. which is a pretty good whiskey. Okay, the yeah. most richly flavored of scotch whiskeys. To be fair, I can definitely see that being on a bottle at the liquor store. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> what I love is that she has like three more bottles on the floor of it, uh, presumably in a bunch of different varieties. And apparently gravity works as normal here. To nope. be fair, she has like a lid on that glass. Yeah, you can't like really a... tell except for in certain shots. It's got like a sippy cup part yep. that it comes out of. So Alleluia comes in and she's like, oh, did you come to berate me too? Like my parents would. Oh. You'd I guess right. you would want to because you went through a lot and I'm getting smashed. I'm sorry I'm a lousy tactical forecaster. I'm not a fun drunk, it turns out. <laughs> and he's like, hey, are you drunk? And she's like, what was your first clue? <laughs> <laughs> are you drunk? Not yet. And then I actually Halloween don't is... feel like she's drunk. I think she is. I, I, think I don't she think is. she's actually drunk here. Alleluia's... She's working on it, but I don't think she's actually drunk yet. Alleluia says you should ease up a little. Obviously, he means slow down. I took this as you should kick back and relax, Sumeragi, the first <laughs> time I saw this, which is not what he's saying. It's the opposite no, of No, because she's it. literally <laughs> already doing that. Yeah. And she's like, I cannot continue living without my booze. And she's like, hey, if you don't have anything to say, and he's like, I have a mission plan. I'd like to propose to you and Veda. And Sumeragi's like, wait, what? It's an armed intervention mission against an institute that aids warfare. That's what we do here, right? Like he's giving a book report. It's <laughs> involved in my past, which is why I know about it. Anyway, I got some data. Here you go. I'd like you to look at it when you're sober. <laughs> she looks at it like, wait, when I'm sober? So that's never going to happen. So I might as well <laughs> do it when I'm not completely drunk. This is one of the reasons why I was thinking she might not actually be drunk yet. is because she immediately starts looking at it. So she's like, huh, super soldiers from the Human Reform League. It's true then. Alleluia resolves to cut the nightmarish chain of events. By his own will, which it's is the eye catch. Very weirdly phrased. Uh, I get it. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 11th episode of Gundam 00 with us. The one where we introduce the How Sane Is This Gundam Meister ranking, which has already become one of my favorite games. Uh, some actual quick programming notes this week. Due to some health related problems among the hosts, um, mostly I got sick and uh, didn't want to spread it to everyone. We sit back recording a couple of weeks, so we're dropping for at least the next week or two What's a Gundam into the It's a Gundam feed. That said, if you like what you hear with Jeremy and Kevin, uh, that comes out every other week on our Patreon, and it's only a dollar to listen to those episodes. So if you're into that, maybe consider going and doing that. In other news, we actually have some fun stuff coming down the pipe, but due to the same health-related setbacks, it's up in the air when that timing is. So I'll let you know when we get closer to those, and I can give you a more formal announcement. Yeah. Anyway, back to the episode. Cut back from the not eye catch, and hey, Louise is in a dress. <laughs> it sure is a dress. That's that is an outfit. Not as bad as Chun Li's shirt from a pr oh, from not previous nearly. episodes, but it is interesting. I think the problem with it is actually just it, not in the shirt itself, but the way it's drawn with the sleeves perfectly lining up with the stripes on the outfit. I actually kind of like it. I don't hate it, but. It's striking. Yeah. Let's say that. <laughs> so her mom is super impressed that she can prepare this Japanese cuisine so perfectly while forgetting she has a Japanese boyfriend. Ah, yes. Excellent. Appropriate all of their culture while you are here, Louise. <laughs> we will take it all for ourselves. The Spanish. We shall claim this cuisine in the name of Spain. <laughs> so her mom's like, oh, man, it's real good. And she's like, come out, Saji. She said it was good. You can come out from the pillar now. <laughs> 
And Saj is like, yeah, I'm still here. And he's like, hey, just because you can cook does not mean I approve of your relationship with my daughter. But it is good. <laughs> Louise looks super smug. She's slowly warming her up to him. I do like how this implies that he is super important to Louise. Because that's like, I don't want to say it hasn't come through. Because they're going, they're bending over backwards to show it. But she is so, she's very casual towards him and very willing to use him. So I really like this. That it is showing that he means a lot to her. That she's willing to go through all this extra effort to make her mom approve of him. Or pissing off her mom means a lot to her. <laughs> One or the other. I Why not get, both? <laughs> I, I kind of get the feeling that Saji is super important to her. And it's yeah. not so much that she wants to piss her mom off. Especially because of what she presumably was going to say to him but when they were all about to die. Yeah. Saji, now's the time where you chase after me. <laughs> <laughs> so Kinue is in a private detective's car, doing private detective stuff with her sidekick. Her kohai, apparently. Yeah, so with kohai, her, her assistant. He's <laughs> like, hey, how are we going to find out about Shehenberg? All his blood relatives are deceased, and you can't track his finances because hacking over 200 years. It was probably edited... And she's like, that's why we've come here. And he's like, yeah, where's here? And why's here? Why didn't you tell me before we came? Who are those guys? And she's like, oh, they're from the Union Security Bureau. The USB, if you will. <laughs> they're Homeland Security. They're looking into Schoenberg as well. And I've got information that they've been here three times this month. Because they're USB. They and had this... to try three times to go in the right way. And that guy is like, <laughs> oh, man, this like this is bad. We can't be here. Like, If they find out what, why that we're here, they'll drag us off to hidden security camps. And Kohai is like, oh, man, if they find out that we're doing reporting, they'll... The question mark. <laughs> <laughs> if they find out we don't work for Fox News. <laughs> and she goes in and he chases after her. Cut to Sumeragi giving the USB back to Alleluia. It's like, I looked into your plan as well as your history. I am the leader, so I have the authority to do that. I just haven't yet. Vader uh, recommends it and we have a reason for it. So we're good to go. Go murderate some kids. Are you sure you want to do it, though? And he's like, I don't mind. And she's like, what about your split evil personality I just read about that it seems like I should have been informed about before now? I feel like she already knew about him because she refers to Hallelujah as the other you. Well, I think she just said he, she looked into his past. I think she just found out about it. I don't think she just found out about it. I just think it hasn't been something that has come up recently. I was going to say, Sumeragi has mentioned Alleluia by name the most of any of the Gundamicers, so I'd, like, I feel like she is especially fond of him. She's like, he's a good kid. I can make an alcoholic of him someday. <laughs> but uh, Alleluia just responds with, there's no need to ask him. He doesn't know anything anyway. He's just a sadistic bastard. I have to face my past. And I'll do it alone. And I kind of expected Hallelujah to chip in and be like, you're never alone. Cut to Tiaria, who's outside the door, which is closed, just brooding there. I guess he is in his hallway of judgment, so he's just <laughs> waiting for people to pass by. I feel like he was in there because he wanted to be a part of this, and Sumeragi threw him out. So Sumeragi's like, Exia, Dynamis, you're going back to Earth to do some intervening. What exactly you're doing doesn't really matter to this episode, so uh, go kill some mooks, I guess. Anyway, we're going to go to a space colony. We have those in this setting. It's Gundam. We get a long-ass launch sequence for the Exia. Like, this felt exceedingly long to me. Because Sumeragi has to tell Setsuna, hey, don't do anything crazy well, cause, just because I'm not there. And he's like, I've only actually done crazy stuff when you were there. It's because you got to impress Mom. That's all it is. Got to Tiaria in the room we saw him in in the first episode and have not since. He's floating in the orange room. His eyes glow orange, and then he sees or flashes back to overhearing Alleluia and Sumeragi. I'm not sure. I'm... Okay, so is Tyria a cyborg or something? Or like, something. 
okay. I feel like he has a neural link to Veda, or I don't know. And he has the orange eye glow thing. Something's definitely going on with him. So you are on the right track. And Tiari is like, Alleluia Haptism. I see. He is dot, dot, dot. Humanity fucking sucks, man. <laughs> I agree with Chun-Li. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably the most sympathetic to Chun-Li's viewpoints. Cut back to Kinue, who is interviewing somebody, asking, hey, what were those union guys talking to you about? And he's like, well, they wanted to know about my great-grandpa. I was told not to tell anyone. But I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but I hate the government. Fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> he went missing 200 years ago. I don't really know much about him, but he was an expert at material engineering. They tell me he was an authority on it, but I don't know anything about him. So Kinue and Kohai are in the elevator. And Kohai is like, oh, we didn't get any clues. And she's like, no, we're starting to have things come together. We found out that Elia Shehenberg has been recruiting people for 200 years. And like humans are, you can't hack them and people notice when they disappear. So this is the link. This is what we can trace. Just trace people's family members back 200 years? Well, you don't even necessarily have to go that far. Because as we know, Felt's parents were in Celestial Being. And it's been an active organization, presumably, for almost the entire time. So it's just been hidden the entire time. Yeah, so if you can start with someone and then trace it down to someone who's still alive. Yeah. Cut to South Africa, where the Exia is dancing. It's pretty, as always. I'm not sure if this is stock footage or if they drew new Exia stuff. Either way, it looks good. And if it's stock footage, it's been long enough since they used it that I don't care. And uh, Dynamis is backing him up as they're intervening in South America. Presumably a South American border war. South Africa. South, South Africa. Africa, not South America. My bad. And they're like, eh, that was easy. I hope the plot is more exciting in space. <laughs> so they head to the Human Reform League space colony, Quanachu. I, I think Chanchu. Chanchu, probably. Probably. It's probably Chinese. Or because we're American, Quanchu. Uh, I believe you mean Quanchu. So Tiari is like, you go get him. Hallelujah. I'll back you up as planned. Hallelujah. is like, hey, thanks. And we get some interesting stuff from Tiaria, who's like, oh, if that man is being corrupted by the thing he calls a past, then he must purge it with his own two hands and purify himself, which is very different from Tiaria's normal take on other people. So he's at least willing to accept self-improvement, whether that's something he values or because he fucked up himself recently, he's going easy on Alleluia is hard to tell. Yeah, it is very hard to tell. And unfortunately, these guys aren't main characters because he just vaporizes three Tierans. But then he, he also says that is what it means to be a Gundamicer, which is like... So apparently to Tieria, self-improvement is the essence of being a Gundamicer. Maybe he and Setsuna can get along after all. Or maybe erasing your past. It's unclear what he means. That's true. That could be. So uh, Kyrios uh, intimidates the locking system to get inside a space colony. I do love that the Kyrios specifically is the one doing this because it's like, now I'm just going to wing it. Uh... So the colony defense forces are like, uh, what is a Gundam doing in here? As it just flies over and them. Like, close the doors. And they're like, uh, we can't. They got hacked. And we see a security council being like, what are they doing here? There's a treaty that says you can't fight in colonies. I kind of like how like when he first enters it, since the colony is rotating separate from everything else, he's kind of having some trouble as he gets things going because it's all over the place. Yeah, they're like, yo, what? Wait. We're not supposed to fight in colonies. Like, dude, he's breaking a whole bunch of other rules anyway. Why do you think this would be impressive? It is a pretty good reason for them not to have a defense force here. And I buy it. I think these colonies are probably even more fragile than the ones in Gundam Seed. So as soon as Alleluia flies in, he starts getting his headache and flies straight towards the largest building in the colony. Because obviously, that's how you can tell it's the objective. 
where a bunch of scientists are abandoning children to try to escape. So, Alleluia levels these two giant rocket launchers he has come in with at it. They're like rocket pods on the Gundam's wrists. They're kind of neat. But he can't quite make himself pull the trigger. And he goes, ah, do I actually need to kill them? I could take them into Kostia like me and Hallelujah said we should do earlier. That's why I remember that conversation. And then Hallelujah comes in and is like, dude, you are soft-hearted. How are you going to take them into custody? This is a one-man ship. Yet weirdly, Hallelujah is like being logical about it. I think that's very much on purpose. I'll get into that a bit later. And he's like, hey, stop thinking about things you can't do. And he's like, yeah, but they'll just have lives of misery if I leave them here. And he's like, misery? You're just projecting that onto them because you're miserable, you dumb teenager. (laughs) Those kids don't think they're miserable. And he's like, they will eventually. He's like, did that girl that gave you a headache seem miserable to you? I mean, kind of when I tortured her friend to death, but that (laughs) checks out to me. (laughs) Don't push your feelings onto others. You're just trying to pretend to be nice so people will be kind to you. That's hypocritical, you asshole. Which I think is great coming from Hallelujah's inner self. Yeah. And he sees Hallelujah like hovering in front of his uh, view screen on the t- in the uh, building. Who's like, give in to your hate and destroy them for one day they will destroy us. Or you can make me do it again. You can just close your eyes because you don't want to do it and let me pull the trigger. And, and say you did nothing wrong. So, And he flashes back to that scene that we got earlier, except it's now Hallelujah as a child giving the speech. And Hallelujah's like, no, I couldn't. So Hallelujah's like, so why did you come here? He's like, because it's my job. And he's like, oh, it's your job to kill people, so it's all right, huh? And we see in the flashback, Hallelujah is the kid on the ground now, and Hallelujah is the one pointing the gun. It's very nice. Although Hallelujah now he's pointing a gun back, unlike kid in actual flashback. It's very cool framing for the conversation i do like that hallelujah tells him to pull it pull the trigger with his own ego which is interesting does that mean hallelujah is the id the way the dub translated was pull it with your own emotions okay so which i think he's more saying it don't like pretend it's your job or you have to do it do it because you want to because i know you want to is how i read it but but then hallelujah says that he doesn't want to shoot and pulls the trigger anyway in the flashback which is also at the same time he pulls the trigger on the rocket pods and blows this building up good this is and a really like, good scene, and he's, like, just screaming the entire time he does it. So then he transforms to roll out. <laughs> and he has a flash of all the kids he knew in the facility dying, as he presumably this is what he's imagining. And he just absolutely melted that building. Yep. But then we get a shot of the, the person who's actually flying away is Hallelujah, not Hallelujah. But Hallelujah is crying, which is interesting. I take it as Hallelujah is crying and then, or started crying, and then Hallelujah took control of the body. So that continues. As Hallelujah's like, good job, other me. I knew you could murder those people. <laughs> good job murdering those kids. <laughs> well done. Pull the mannequin. Cut back to the bridge of the Ptolemaeus where they're like, hey, mission complete. And Sumeragi's like, cool, do the information leak on the super soldier incident as we planned. Kinoe's going to have to pull an all-nighter. <laughs> and uh, Lichty, who is always, you know, knows what to say and is very smooth, is like, ah, man, this is going to be a huge scandal. And Sumeragi's like, hey, cut it out. One of our guys was involved in that, and that's not good. I mean, she does not say that part, and I don't nope. think any of them know. Uh, cut to Sergei Smirnov, who has cornered evil Jordi LaForge, and is like, hmm, uh, someone blew up that super soldier institute you belong to. That's weird, huh? Can't imagine that they happened to just stumble across this facility that not even I knew about. I feel like the only way this could happen is if, you know, maybe one of the Gundam pilots was from there. And you weren't telling me something. Just like uh, you figured out earlier. 
And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he's like, cool, uh, you're fired and are under arrest and you're going to be interrogated in Indo-Russia, China. That and sounds I'm fun. shutting this down. Celestial being already leaked this. They're going to get a ton of PR and we're going to look like assholes because you didn't tell us anything. Now get this bastard out of my sight, guardsmen that brought that were brought in for this. Also, Soma's here. Yeah, and Soma's like, sir, the writer said it would be dramatically appropriate for me to be in this scene. <laughs> and, and Sergei's like, they are right, but you're in the military. Back to your post, Lieutenant. And she's like, yes, sir. Again, she just looks when they're next to each other like she she's looks five so years old. Small. She looks like she's in a Halloween costume. <laughs> what was the point of her being there? Because it feels like she should be there. I agree with that. It feels like dramatically the part where Sergei locks up her former tormentors and takes control, she should be present for. But she doesn't have anything to do. Maybe it's to uh, sort of highlight how emotionless she is, how she doesn't have a reaction to this. But it's like before, she was like, oh, all that matters is my mission. And when Sergei's like, sorry, your first mission was boring. She's like, I don't care. I only care about winning. It's just weird because it's it's not the first time where Soma has just been in a random scene in the in an episode. My favorite is when they're eating in the cafeteria together. No, my, my favorite <laughs> is there's an episode earlier on where like, there's a discussion going on. Sergei's watching something, and then she just kind of pops up into the room. Dad, can I have some pizza rolls? <laughs> Cut to Alleluia. Getting Being up depressed. from his room. Started sighing. Goes into the drinking room with Sumeragi again. And she's like, hey, did you come up with another operation? And he's like, uh, actually, I was hoping you could pour me a glass. And she's like, why? He's like, I just really want one. I want to get drunk. And she's like, I can't give this to a minor. That'd be breaking the law. And I love that line. And Alleluia points out, we're terrorists. <laughs> so she's like, I can't give you a drink. This is expensive. <laughs> I draw a line on getting minors drunk. And he's like, it's okay now. It was um my birthday just now. Which, again, I think we're supposed to read as genuine. The yeah. first, For whatever reason, the first time I saw this, I 100% read that as him just coming up with an excuse. And Sumeragi being like, well, I can't disprove that. No, I legitimately think he's being sincere. So that means he just had a birthday. Do we think that means he turned 18? Yeah, I, okay. I am assuming that. I'm assuming 18. And she's like, well, in that case, come pie, motherfucker. Feels weird to say, but uh, congratulations on living to 18. Then he takes a drink, doesn't spit it out or sputter or anything, but he does say, why would you drink this? This is terrible. Well, specifically, he says, why drink something so bitter? Yes. Which I think is a comment on the episode itself. Yeah. Because this is not a very heroic episode at all. This is an episode where a depressed man goes and murders a bunch of children. Uh, and Saji Crossroad would not be about that. <laughs> so I think this is a comment on the maturity of the episode. And on Hallelujah's arguments before about, hey, you have to kill these so they don't kill you. You can't take them in. Even if you could, what would you do? You're not a father. Like, it's incredibly bitter. But that still makes for good drama and story. And Sumeragi's like, eh, you'll get used to it. I know a future drunk when I see one. <laughs> Don't worry, with the salary that we pay, we can get you a lot of liquor. And that's the episode. We can get you the most complex flavor of scotch whiskey. I don't think this is quite as good as the last episode, but I think it's another very good one. I think it's pretty solid. Um, and I feel like we don't get necessarily resolution on Alleluia right now, but I feel like it's progress as a character, which is interesting. Yeah. And it's also, you feel like you know how his deal is now. At this point, I feel like you know Sets in his deal and you know Alleluia's deal very well, right? Lock-On doesn't feel like he has as much of a deal. It feels more like we're ma we've, we've made some forward progress, which yeah. a lot of the earlier episodes didn't really feel like, so... Yeah. 
the last two episodes for sure, and like maybe even the last three episodes have like actually been pushing the series forward. Um, and I'm here for it. Yeah, that's what I've been waiting for this whole series. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Too many is really the problem. Come back to me. I, I'll, I'll take one of the one of the leftovers. Zach, I think I have to go with his argument with Alleluia right before he blows up the building. Like Hallelujah and Alleluia's conversation right there, because it goes with the symbolism and all that. Uh, with him having the conversation inside the the flashback, I really like that part. I was going to recommend that we call them like A and H when we're talking about them at the same time, but even that is too similar, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have a hell editing these two episodes where we go, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's see. Like Tyler, there are a lot. Zach, I think, took the best one. That would be what I would lean to. I have another one, but it's, I think, too similar to what I said last week. So I'm going to go with Sumeragi and Alleluia's interactions. They feel like they are starting to bond more as a pair of characters. It doesn't feel romantic or anything, or even like a mother-son relationship, really. But like, it feels like that moment where you realize the person who's 10 years older that you at, at, uh, who's at your job is also a human, and you actually do have things in common and can interact. Um, I think mine's actually going to be specifically the flashback um, where Hallelujah and Hallelujah increasingly inhabits the characters in the flashback. I should have taken that because that is the best part of the It's pretty damn good. Do you have a low point, Tyler? I guess the cold open? It wasn't like bad. It was just like a little extraneous. I don't think it was quite as out of place as uh, the opening with uh, Luis and Saji last episode. Um, And I actually like kind of like the Luis and Saji scene this episode, so. Zach? I think I actually have to go with the Saji and Luis scene in this episode. I mean, I like it. I find I, I think they're both fun characters. But again, they kind of don't have anything to do with what's going on right now. I think I'm going to go with Soma being there at the end. I think it's dramatically correct. I understand why the writers put her there, but I feel like they're like, and we'll figure out what she does later, and they didn't. And maybe that's deliberate. Maybe, again, you're supposed to think she's there and she doesn't have a reaction to it, and that's what you're supposed to take from it. But even that, if that's the case, the episode doesn't draw enough attention to that. I agree. Like, I almost wonder if, like, Sergei called her there specifically so that she could watch that happen. And then told her to leave. And then told her to leave. (laughs) Yeah, it's just kind of confusing. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? I'm actually going to give it to Alleluia for overcoming his demons. Good job, Alleluia. Okay, so we have to, I think, decide something here. Are Alleluia and Hallelujah the same character for the purposes of our MVP list? That, I think they should be. I think I agree. I could see an argument either way. Yes. Um, but there, I think there is another be. similar character later who I absolutely think is one character. And I can go either way on Alleluia and Hallelujah. But I think for consistency, I think they should be one. I kind of like the idea of separating them because that's funny, but I don't think it's actually useful. So, I mean, there are different tools for the show to use, right? But but at the end of the day, like they're both facets of that one character's personality. Yeah. So and even Hallelujah is like, oh man, is this like what I want? Like Hallelujah is part of me as much as I want to deny it. Zach, I think I'll have to go with Hallelujah for convincing Hallelujah <laughs> to go through with it. Well, we're not going to be unanimous again, because I'm going to agree with Tyler and go with Alleluia. (laughs) (laughs) Although, once again, that's actually like we... we, To be fair, it was a very him-focused episode. I mean, that was kind of the point of the episode, so... Yeah. um, But supporting characters can shine even more in an episode focused on a character. Yeah, it it was difficult to to pick between that or Sumeragi. 
for yeah. me. Yeah. Also, weirdly, Tyria was in the running for me for, for like actually being supportive of Alolia going and confronting his past. So yeah, it's. I think he's just a little too like not waffly because that would imply he doesn't know what he's doing. But like we're not sure where he is right now, right? And I think that's the reason why. Yeah. He, he doesn't get the edge up, even yeah. though I like what they do with Tiaria in this episode. But he's waffling because at the start he's blaming everybody else. And then at the end, he's like, oh, yes, you're doing this thing to overcome your past. Even though I was going to shoot you last week because you suck. I agree. I think this is a cool thing you're doing. Oh, no. I really want to know what Tiaria's deal is, but also he's a dick. So <laughs> he's way better than Wufei that way, right? Yeah, that's fair. If you're going to make that comparison, he's way more compelling. Yeah. And I think the fact that he just is blaming his own inadequacies on other people makes him a lot more human to me and more sympathetic, even if it doesn't necessarily make me like him. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's an interesting character in fiction, even if you wouldn't hang out with him. I also think, in contrast, now that everybody but Lock-On has fucked up very badly, it seems interesting to me that Setsuna is the one who stands by his actions the most, in contrast. Despite having arguably messed up the most? Yeah, because when they... Lock-on punch him is like, why did you do it? He refused to say. And he's like, hey, I, there's no way you're taking me out of the Exia. Whereas both Alleluia and Tiaria broke down right after they made their mistakes. Setsuna kind of stands with conviction. It's like, I, I made my choice. Yeah. He's not like Sumeragi, like, oh, I made a mistake. It's the worst thing ever. He'd be like, well, I fucked up, but it yeah. is what I did. And I'd probably do it again. Yeah, as much as I make fun of him for being I am Gundam, um, I think actually Sessana has a fairly interesting character, and I'm like, like I, I'm interested to see also how he evolves over the course of the show. I would agree with that. Anything else we want to say about the episode? No, it was pretty good. Like, I'm surprisingly into Gundam Double O the past few episodes. It takes so, so long to get does, started, yes. but <laughs> once it does, I, unfortunately, I feel like we're headed for a lull is kind of the wrong thing, but I know where the first season ends and I know it has to happen along the way. And I feel like we're not at a high point. We're at a high point, I guess is what I should say. I'm not saying we're going to dip immediately, but there's going to be a little bit of a valley before we build back up. And then the series really figures itself out, I think, but it takes so long to get here. It's wild to be Zach that you got this far and quit. Cause I quit this show a hundred times. I get it. <laughs> but I feel like once you get to this part, it should have, I think there's another cu- I think there's another couple of episodes that I've that I actually got through before I ended up hanging it up. Yeah, that just seems weird to me. But maybe there's a trough much bigger than I remember. Maybe it does get worse. I don't think it does. But regardless, it's a Gundam will return into the limits of holy teachings. Thank you. 